to swim. In fact, I taught myself how to swim during the pandemic. But what I don't love is the blotches that the chlorine and salt leave on my face. So I decided to treat myself to a facial. Raquel Mixon, owner of the Self-Care Spa and Lounge, prides herself on providing services around skin health and being an advocate for self-care. Raquel steamed, creamed, and caressed my skin until I was cooing like a baby. And she recommended excellent products to keep my skin healthy while I reach my swim goals. Not only will I place a facial at the top of my list of self-care items, but I plan to bring some other people with me. So book your next facial, massage, or wax service today at theselfcarespalounge.com. That's theselfcarespalounge.com. Hello, everyone. this every week, but I am thrilled to have my guests on tonight. I have the wonderful Gregory Snipes and Leon McWilliams with me. And in case you guys haven't been paying attention, this month of March is Women's History Month. And so we are talking about women who have made an impact in our lives, women who we really respect, we looked up, we look up to, and who have really guided us in some way. So let me just read these bios from these wonderful gentlemen here. Gregory Snipes is a custodial engineer with over 20 years experience in the field. In addition, Greg has served Chicago's West Side communities as a park district baseball and basketball coach and a mentor and advocate for at-risk youth. In 2020, Greg founded More Than a Conqueror Outreach. It's a ministry which feeds the homeless, links the community to housing, food, and employment resources. Greg's faith in Jesus Christ is what inspires him to offer hope to those in need. Please welcome Gregory Snipes to Be Empowered with our C. Hey. How are you? How are you today, Greg? How are you, RC? I'm doing well, doing well. All right. And we also have with us Leon Mac Williams. Leon McWilliams is a lab supervisor for BP Refinery in Indiana, where he manages over 50 chemists, lab technicians, and analyzer technicians. Leon's job is vital to the maintenance of the quality control and quality assurance of the gasoline, jet fuel, diesel, and other products. He has worked as a scientist and lab supervisor for over 20 years, and previous employers include Abbott Labs, DuPont, and Lyondell Basel. In his spare time, Leon focuses on community service, such as mentoring at risk youth, the homeless, and food banks. Leon earned a Master of Science degree from Southern Illinois School of Medicine and a bachelor's degree from North Central College in Naperville, Illinois. Please welcome Leon McWilliams to be empowered with our seat. Hey, mm -hmm. hey. So mm -hmm. I asked the both of you to come on um, this week because you both have a fantastic sense of humor. I love, I can call either one of y'all or just send a text and get a good laugh. Like I will laugh and I, I know that I will have sweet dreams because I'll be smiling all night. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, I appreciate, I appreciate you all coming on for that because people say, that I have a dry sense of humor. And so what I try to do is link myself up with people who have a great sense of humor and then people don't know that I'm so dry. <laughs> sometimes mm -hmm. it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, so um, as I mentioned, this is Women's History Month. And I am sure that you all could have selected dozens of women that have impacted your lives. Um, but I've asked you just to select a couple for today. So I'm going to start off with Greg and ask, tell me one woman who has really inspired you. Tell us a little bit about who she is. Okay. First of all, I'd like to thank you for having me on, you know, as one of your guests to do this uh, proud introduction of uh, Women's Month. I think that's a really wonderful thing. And uh, it's a great thing that you're doing as well. And uh, my shout out to all these great women that are really uh, put uh, that that have come to the for, forefront and right. doing their and doing their thing to empower other women. But uh, I would like to talk about at first uh, the woman that has been my rock, the woman that has birthed me life 
and the woman has done a wonderful things in my life. And her name is Annie Mae Williams. Was born from a small town in Leland, Mississippi, where what, uh, her grandmother's name was Coradine Williams. And she has done uh, a single mom of four mm -hmm. that, that had done great things that came from Mississippi to this big city of Chicago with three kids. And when she got here, she birthed another. So to be a single mom, to come here and have a lot of things that go against us in the times that, that she were in, in the 70s of Chicago, you know what? I would like to start off with this woman as well. Nice, nice. Okay, so your mom came here with three kids and tell us a little bit about um, wh where you fall. Like, so are you the third of the four? Where, where are you? I fall to the, I am the oldest. Okay. The oldest, and I have another brother who came uh, after me, and then I had another sister that came uh, after me, after him, and then I had another brother that came after her. Okay. So that's the, it was four of us. Okay. Now, you you being the oldest, um, how old were you when you all came here? You know what? I was about seven years old Okay. in this big city of Chicago, terrified. Really? Come you remember on. how you felt? Yes. I, I, I felt like, you know what, this was actually too fast. From, a, from com, coming from a small town that where you there were no sidewalks. You walked on you walked on dirt. We 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 rarely had shoes. I mean walking on dirt was the basic thing to do in the small town of Mississippi. So what was the reason that your mom came to Chicago? My mom came to Chicago because she, not only that, she had sisters, she had about four five sisters. And so they told her about the, the greatness about Chicago, the new stardom, you know what, and how she can become this and that in Chicago. And so they followed suit. They were very tight sisters. Okay. So my mom came here with my sisters and uh, she was in this big city and uh, she really took it on. Okay. Okay. Um, in those early years when you all left Mississippi and came to Chicago, what were some of the things that helped you um, become grounded and, and like find a place to call home? Like, was it, um, what did your mom do to create that home feeling early on when you moved? My mom gave up a sense of love and security. My mom played mom. She did not stay out, did not leave out of character. She was a mom, and then she was your friend, and then she was teacher. But she molded all into one and became mom. So she never left character as being a mom. And she showed us a sense of, uh, of what we, what, how, the, how the struggle would be and how the blessing would be, you know, out of the struggle. Okay. So she, here it is as a single mom coming into a big city and didn't know not, not many people. And we moved constantly. And my mom, no matter how did we move, she still never left character as a mom. Mm -hmm. She never left us. You know, sometimes she made sure that we ate before she ate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she kept the character of a mom. Now, did you all move to the west side, south side? What, what side of town when you first came up here? You know what? We came here, we went from a, a west side. And you know, we have your seasons, you know. So my mom, we went from staying into an apartment to the basement to the projects. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what? Go ahead. And actually, you went to, uh, you went to Crane High School, right? Crane High School, yes. Right, okay. Ooh, <laughs> my daddy went to Crane. Hey. And I think I think you lived in one of the same projects my daddy grew up in too. Um, so it's it's interesting. Um, so what's something that you feel today that your mother taught you when you were younger that still resonates with you? You know what 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 resonates with me? She showed me that you can do anything when you put your mind to it. Okay. You know what my mom used to say these cliches when I was little that I learned that when, when I'm now as an adult, you know what, it sticks with me now. For instance, she would say this cliche, 
I, I called my mom. She was a rapper back in the day. So she would say these cliches. And one of them was, don't go to school acting a fool. Okay, okay, right, right, right. Yes. Okay, okay. And, 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 and being me, want to laugh and joke and sometimes and get in trouble. And you know what? And then the teacher would call my mom and stuff like that. And so it would resonate that, you know what, that my mom told me, you're not an actor. Mm, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why I say those cliches, because you're not an actor. I, I, I taught you better. And you know what? In the teaching of the skills of that, you can say that you can do you can do whatever you can when you put your mind to it and stuff. So it resonates to me that you know what? That's how more than a conqueror started. If I put my mind to it, you know right. what? That's, that's how coaching basketball, I'm coaching basketball and coaching baseball. I had no baseball skills. Trust me, I played basketball. We're, we're going to get to that, too, because that was one of my questions. Right. Right. OK. You know, but I put my mind to it. I went out, you know, the things that my mom would say, you know, when you put your mind to it, you can do it. And Gregory, you know, when my mom had more faith in me than I had more faith in myself. You know, all of our mamas do, because we don't know. We're just kids trying to yeah. grow up in this world and figure it out. Right. And, and, and trying to figure it out. Right. All right. OK. Now, Leon. Who is one woman out of dozens, I'm sure, that has impacted your life? Well, I'll start off with, uh, when it comes to a relative, I'll start off with my mother, Velma McWilliams. Uh, my mother, one of the greatest things she did was being, I would say, the backbone of our family. She was the type of person who grew up in very humble beginnings. And she made so many sacrifices for others and for us. And for me, I really admire how no matter what, she always was there to uplift others. And she led by example. Like, for instance, my mother dropped out of college when she had my older brother. But what my mother decided to do is years, many years later, she decided to go back to school and finish what she started. And to me, that was a, such a great, she was such a great role model in that because I had things that I finished long after I started because I was like, hey, you know, my mom did the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I saw at times she may have struggled, but she never gave up. And that was one of the big things she used to talk to us about, you know, taking pride in what you do. Uh, when you start something, finish it. You know, those type of things, leading by example and basically practicing what she preached. Right. I always saw that with her and that really resonated with me even to this very day. Okay. Now, how many children, how many siblings do you have? Well, in my immediate family is four of us, but I also okay. have my brother, other brother and sister. Okay. Okay. And so growing up, tell us a little bit about your relationship with um, your mom and you. Like how, how did that relationship look? Were you, uh, were you a mama's boy or were you kind of more independent? Like, how would you describe it? I would definitely say I was a mama's boy early on. So my mom was always there to, I guess sometimes she'll coddle me, but then also- That's what mamas are supposed to do. That's nothing, right. there's nothing wrong with that. Right, that's what but, it, but the thing is with her, she'll coddle you, but she'll also say, all right now, boy, that's enough now. You got to handle your bed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. that's one of the beautiful things about her. She's, to this very day, she's very loving, mm -hmm. but she don't take no mess. Mm -hmm. And they grew up in an environment where you have you have someone like that who show you love, but also tell you, look now, this world not gonna baby you all the time. Right. So you have to get up off your rear end and handle your business. That kind of stuff really played a great role in my life, because once you right. get out here in the in the real world, you see how real that is. Right. That is, as a single mama, just a mama. Period. I would say I think that that's one of the challenges to mothering. Um, finding the balance of loving your children, like giving them a lot of emotional support and, and physical touch, but then also making sure that they're going to grow into, since we're talking, I'm talking to you two, grow into young men who are able to be independent and feel like they don't have to be coddled as adult men. I think that's, that's a challenging balance. I know for me it is. Um, because it's, you know, I'm a single parent. So for me, it's just me and my son. And so I'm always like, I want to give them all the love. But I think sometimes because I'm concerned that I might do that too much, that then maybe I don't give enough. 
Um, so that's interesting to hear how other mothers um, have been successful in doing that. So thank you all for introducing us to your mothers. I have to say, I love both of y'all mamas. <laughs> so maybe I'm biased here, but. <laughs> thank you. So, um, so people will often ask me like, well, how do you find these people to be guests on your shows? And I'm like, the majority of people I know. And I was like, hoping that you all would say your mothers, because I think that they are magnificent women and they've raised phenomenal men so hats off to the mamas and hats off to you too because I think it's very important I love the fact that I have wonderful men in my life um it's I have tons of great female friends but it's good to pick up the phone and call a brother Greg I can pick up the phone and call him Leon I can pick up the phone and call him um and I can get a good laugh I can get a prayer out I can shout and scream I could just be myself and so it's good to have those relationships with people. And the fact that your mother's laid that foundation of you being able to stick your mind to something, do it well, and be the caliber of human beings that you are today um, says a lot. So thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. so um, tell us a little bit about you. So Snipes, you said that you started more than a conqueror um, and that kind of, was born out of how your mom reared you and some of the lessons that she implanted in you. So tell us about um, More Than a Conqueror. You know, when More Than a Conqueror started um, of just, just seeing people out that needed resources and, and that needed, uh, that were looking for another way of just uh, uplifting the community of the west side of the west side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. You know what, on the west side, as I as I as a kid, you know what, I rode the Madison bus. And the Madison bus we had a, in the 70s had a lot of poverty. And so therefore, you know what, I I knew that in at, at a kid I wanted to make a difference. So you know what, as I got older, you know what, just hanging around people if, as every day that we see homeless people and just sitting and talking to them. And just really that I, what I noticed about homeless people that know, most people that don't know, and I'll share this, they read a lot. Mm -hmm. They read a lot. And so most of my, some knowledge, you know what, I would get like basketball scores and stuff like that. Well, you know what, from homeless people, and just give them a conversation because they, they are really actually regular people just like me and you. So, you know what, the ideal of more than a conqueror came from the ideal of just a social, social, social distance, just talking to people in the community. And so the, 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 the really uh, uh, most ideal, it came from, from my sister and my mom and they sat down and they said, you know what, you need to start an outreach. And you know what, and I was where they really said, God said, you can start an outreach. And I was really kind of cautious about it. But you know what, just hearing two powerful women that said and, and really helped me out as far as the stepping stone of the outreach. And they gave me the name, More Than a Conqueror. They said, that's what you should call it. Because I had no name. You know, I was trying to come up with this big biblical name right. and stuff. And they just said, make it simple. You know, come to Jesus and all that. They said, make it simple, because you know what? That's what you are. And so more than a conqueror, not only shows me that's what my mom is, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, right. you know what? To outstand some of the trials and the tribulations and the testimonies of time through her life as a single mom and doing the best that she can, that's more than a conqueror, too. Nice, nice. All right, all right. I hear you. And Leon, you're a chemist, right? Yes, ma'am. So what made you want to be, like, you just always love chemistry? You like, like, putting potions together as a kid? Like, tell us. Well, it started off for me when I wanted to be a scientist. It started off when I was a little kid and I had different family members that had passed away. So for me, I wanted, it always hit me, death always hit me hard, even as a little kid. So the reason I got into science was I thought, you know, maybe if we had a cure to whatever caused their death, like a grandfather from cancer, I uh, had family member die from diabetes. I thought, well, you know what? Maybe they wouldn't have died. So mm -hmm. honestly, that's where it all started for me is, hey, maybe I can come up and invent something. 
No. You know, it's funny as a little kid, sometimes I'll be in the backyard mixing all kinds of stuff up together. I think if I take some dirt and put some bleach in it, maybe that can make something. So needless to say, I was making a whole lot of mess around the house. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, I'm going to create something, but I got to make it from something, you know? Right. But, uh, one of the people that I will give my mother credit on, too, is that my mom taught me a great pride in Black history. Because one of the things that was so important about learning about my Black history was that learning about there are other people who took this role before me, that there is a path already laid down, I think was very instrumental for me. Right. I think so often you have kids who may want to do various different things, but they don't see anyone who look like them, talk like them from where they're from that have done it. For me, learning about Black history, I learned so many scientists, so many phenomenal men and women who've already done this. They had to go through a lot of extra hardships, but they were able to be successful. Right. So for me, that helped really set me up to be successful to become a scientist. Nice, nice. Thank you, guys. Mm. All right, so another woman who has been influential in your life, Greg. Ah, uh, this, this lady I saw for the first time at church, she had to be about five. I'm going to say 5'11", because I don't want to say she's even shorter. So... 511 and to hear her to hear her preach it was amazing first time that first time for me as an adult to really have a lady pastor to hold my attention and to really you to really get me to to really get my mind to work her name was Reverend Stacy Edward Dunn of mm -hmm. Trinity United Church of Christ Mm -hmm. okay all right so what was it was it a particular sermon or was it a bible study class like what happened what what did she say you know what uh i think when i joined i was early in my trinity years uh when i joined the singles ministry and um to have to when we say singles ministry everybody thinks it's like single folks going in to meet other folks mm -hmm. you know what but she took a ministry and she turned it all around and to make us make our mind think. And she told me at one point that I was really going to walk out of class one day. And she told me, Gregory, you are a leader. She said, when you speak, people listen, but you also got to speak the truth. Mm. And so that stuck with me that, you know what, when I speak the truth, people will listen. You know, so those encouraging words. And then it was times that, you know what, I seeked it out counseling through her. Yeah. Yeah, to really entrust and, and, and trust in Reverend Stacy Edwards Dunn to really tell her my deepest and most fears mm -hmm. of something that I haven't told nobody in a while. And to really get some great suggestions out of her. You know what, she impacted she impacts my life. And then it's just the only, not only that, just to see her preach and teach, you know what, and, and to get brothers, to get brothers, you know, as she, she has gotten sister, to get brothers to come to the forefront and be men, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. be men. And she, you know what, she made me step up and become that man. Nice. Okay. Well, I, as you know, because that's where we met years ago at Trinity, um, I can attest that Reverend Stacy is a powerful sister. You do not leave her presence after she has given a word or leave a Bible study. And you, you can't leave without being changed. And she speaks from her soul. You're like, oh, my gosh, you'd have been in the trenches, trenches with Jesus. And now you are gifting us your knowledge. Oh, yeah. Yes, and it's it's great to you know what and and you know what because most men we search for this knowledge from men, you know. Oh, and here's, here here's here's this is this lady that you know what I I humbly open up my ears to 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 make you not to make you to want to listen, mm -hmm. no to want to listen. And she teaches she teaches in a humble way that you know what that you can understand. You know, and some days it's not all about biblical, biblical scriptures. Right. Some days it's just like it's down to earth. And you know what? Uh, 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 of how you talk to women and how you use words as 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 a black as a black individual. 
Yeah. And you know what, to be honest, to quit talking like enslaved tournaments. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, kudos okay. to Reverend Stacey Elwood Dunn. Yes, I'm actually going to reach out to her soon to be on a, on one of my shows. So definitely tune in on that one. Um, yes. Okay, Leon, who was another woman that has impacted your life? I'm here. These, just for the record, you guys, like you all are inspiring me. One of the reasons I wanted to have um, men on during Women's History Month is because I think that it's important for people to see that women impact men's lives. It, like Greg yes. just mentioned that yes. typically, um, you know, you think a man is looking for inspiration from a man, like somebody that looks like him can kind of model a behavior um, and experiences of how he will walk in the world. But yes. to be able to hear these stories from adult men that are saying, no, these phenomenal women have made such an impact in my life. It just warms my heart. Um, and, and I pray I make that impact on my child one day, you know, when he's our age, <laughs> but it just, it really makes me feel good to hear that, you know, women are doing things and, and there are brothers out here who notice. Um, so yeah. Leon, who's the next woman? Well, for me, it was a foster young lady I met many years ago, uh, named Dr. Marshall and Walker McWilliams. She was so impressive to me. I married her. So, all right, all right. That's what you're supposed to do, yeah, right there. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, she impressed me because I saw a young lady. I, I even to this day mess with her. Where when I first met her, I used to joke with her. I went to the refrigerator and I saw it wasn't much, and I said, "Well, she don't have much." But one of the things about her is that this woman impressed me. I used to mess with her about it, but she impressed me in so many ways, like. For somebody who was a grad student, she managed her money so well, she could go on trips, she could do this and do that. And I'm like, man, she did a way better job with her grad money than I did. Because mm. I was happy to have uh, more than a couple bottles of water and some food. But <laughs> for her, she made, she did a phenomenal job with that. And I just love the way she carried herself when I first met her. Um, I was highly impressed with her, the intelligence and all that. Cause like I tell everybody, I love intelligence. Um, you know, so for me, seeing a woman like her, confident, intelligent, who was about a business, got a work ethic, the second to none. And also, she also helped me see even more about Black history. I mean, she taught me about a lot of sisters out there that I was shocked I didn't even know about. Mm. And the ones that I did know about, she taught me, well, yeah, you may know this, but did you know all this about some of these sisters in the civil rights movement or sisters before the civil rights movement and things like that? Right, so. Nice. For her, she's helped motivate me because like I tell people all the time, as I get older, I see a lot of my role models are getting younger. And to me, I'll be honest, my wife is one of my role models because there's so many times she works so hard at what she's doing and it helps me feel motivated. Like sometimes she'll tell me, well, look, Leon, because as you may know, I'm very outspoken. Sometimes mm -hmm. I need to watch what I say. And she sometimes say, look, Leon, you can express it, but just watch how you convey your message. But sometimes, like if you're on these jobs, working with so many people and you see injustices going on, I'm the type of person I speak without a filter. Mm -hmm, so she mm -hmm. said, you can get the message out, just watch what you say. So sometimes that really helps me. That's helped me stay employed sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, so Listen to that doctor in the house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, wow. That is wonderful. Um, I think for me, um, over the last month, I've named quite a few women, but I would say, since we're talking about people we know, when I was in college, um, I went to Northwestern and I came in as a pre-med student. And it was like my dream to be a, a world-renowned neurosurgeon. You see that didn't work out. But um, I was pre-med and so my work-study job was to be a nurse's aide in the infirmary in the head nurse there, her name was Elaine Edna McIntyre. Mrs. McIntyre, for I don't know what reason, took me under her wing. She showed me so much stuff about nursing, taught me how to draw blood. Of course, as a nurse's aide, I took vitals, but other things that I wasn't supposed to do is just being a, a work-study student um, kind of thing. But she did more than that. Even though Northwestern is like an arm's throw from my parents' house, um, she made me feel like I was one of her children and she would invite me over to her house 
and she would let me help prepare for these huge soirees she would throw in her house. And she would have, like before tablescape was a term, she would have these huge tablescapes like the napkins and the centerpieces and all this beautiful stuff. And she would make sure I knew how to set the table right and which guests, you know, the personalities of the guests. And so she would have special little treats for certain guests based on who they were and, you know, that sort of thing that they liked. And so to this day, when I do something like uh, something simple, like throw a little patio get together, I always have to have little things like it has to be right. It has to be like the tablescape has to be right. It has to be extra cute little tchotchkes. I know this person is coming. So I'm gonna have this drink for them. And I know they like that. So I'm gonna have this game for them all because of Mrs. McIntyre teaching me how to like love on your guests. And that was her whole thing. These people are guests in my home and I want them to feel so welcomed and so loved that they want to come back um, to get more of my love. So to Mrs. McIntyre. Yes. Yes. Um, so I would like to ask Leon to tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. Okay, right, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be too secretive. Right. <laughs> but, I don't I don't want to lose my employment. Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> Don't lose that good job. <laughs> <laughs> Something that maybe people don't know. Uh, let's see. People, a lot of people may not realize how much, I guess how much fire I feel for fighting for justice. Uh, I'm the type of person that ever since I was a little kid, I always, I'm always about doing what's right and what's fair. And even when my mother and my father and different people used to teach me about well, look, son, life is not fair, blah, 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 that. Although I heard them, but I didn't want to receive that. For mm -hmm. me, I'm the kind of person that, look, we need to find a way to make things fairer, or at least fairer than they are now. I'm not the kind of person that believes that it's okay for you to only get $2 and everybody else get 5 I'm like, no, why is it she's getting shorter on her money? We right. all should be getting the same amount of money. So for me, that's something that I have a fire in my belly. That's why it's so important for my wife to help me out sometime because when I get fired up, sometimes that filter comes off. And like I said, she tells me, look, Leah, there's a way of saying it and keep your job because I do need my check. So it's another option now because we want that money coming in. Right. And you know I'm good with money, so don't be messing over. Right, exactly. So that's something. I heard that. Okay, that's understandable. I, I can see how, you know, sometimes everybody doesn't know. Like people think everybody has to be standing on the mountaintop or you know, shouting in the streets to really have a fire to fight for injustice, let's fight for justice. So yeah, okay, all right, it's nice. What's yeah. something that people may not know about you? A uh, little known fact. Little known fact of that people might not know about me. I think that you know what I'm gonna say, I care a lot about what's going on outside of uh, with the mental health, the mental health uh, that's out here that people don't have resources to. The people that I have seen and bear witness to that survived this pandemic and that had no place to go and, and lay their heads and no social distance and they were homeless outside. And I bear witness to that and saw people sleeping outside in the midst of this pandemic. Yes, people might not know that I care a lot. And I think I've been like that ever since I was little, you know, because you know what to, people might not know to, to become homeless and then to see homelessness you know what, it's whole, uh, it's a different, different thing, you know, and so people might not know that, you know what, that, no, uh, I care a lot that, you know what, that I, we see this, we see this, and you know what, and it's, and, and, and I noticed that, that social media, social media doesn't give them a platform to say like, okay, these are the people that's out here that's in this pandemic. Right. Right. That has no place to go. So only thing we do is give them a mask and tell them, you know what, you're well off. So you know what, my caring, you know what, and not and 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 to 
to want to help people to be better, you know, and people might not know, you know, those things about me. And I'm, I'm sharing this right here with, with Miss RC and Miss Mr. Leon, you know, Mac Williams. Leon, my mom's name is Williams. That's why oh, the okay. name is so good. <laughs> that's why that's a good name. And so, you know what, you know, and that's why, you know what, I, I sit here and I talk about this because those are the things about me that people might not know. And you know what, we as people like Leon and URC Rally, we are people that here to make, shed light on that, to make a change right. and to make a, 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 a effort in what's going on in this world, especially towards us as people. Exactly. For us out there than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. to say something. Is it okay to say something? Of course. I do want to touch on what Greg's talking about with the homeless, man. You know, by the way, more power to you, man. That's a beautiful thing to have that love and support for them. Because, you know, it's so funny. I'll never forget I had experience, like so many times in my life, I've been around different homeless people who will talk to you. And I'll never forget one time I met a young man who was like around the same age. And he was asking for some, see if I could give him a dollar or something like that. So I gave him a dollar and he said, hey, uh, can I talk to you? And I was like, that was the first time I heard, heard a homeless person say, hey, I just want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And the most amazing thing about it, we were on the same age, maybe a few years older. And that young man's story was almost identical to mine. Mm-hmm. He decided when he wanted to relax, he started using drugs. Mm-hmm. And he was a man, he got married, he had kids, uh, working hard, had a very good job, blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. But it was just amazing how our lives were so parallel. Wow. He started experimenting with drugs. Dang. And he told me, and he told me, he said, and we we're just talking. And I was like, oh my God, like literally, we we're almost like the same person. It's like it scared me. Mm. He t- the only difference was he started messing around with little drugs here and there. And he said, see how it happened? I'm on the streets now. And I'll never, you know, and it's so amazing. Sometimes people look at homeless people, all oh, they just a bother, that pain in the neck and everything else. But there's so much you can learn from homeless people. Mm. I, I've been around some of them that could tell you some things about life and the world that you're like, wow. Like, I mean, I've learned some great lessons just talking to people who are homeless. I just want to say that just tying to what Greg yeah. is saying. Right. Yeah, and I think that kind of what undergirds what both of you are talking about is that people who are experiencing homelessness are just people, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I like to think of it, that that may be the condition they're in, but that's not their title. You know, right. they're just, they're a human being who at this Remember moment this. is experiencing this setback. Yes. And it could be for a myriad of reasons. And it could be for reasons that are completely out of their control. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we, just the language that we use um, when we're talking about different groups of people, when we say, people with mental illness. So we talk about people who this, people that they're just, it's just, we're people who are experiencing these things at this point in time and may need assistance that they might not be able to get for themselves due to patriarchy, xenophobia, sexism, racism. So because of all of those societal constraints, it's not so easy for them to get out of that situation. Mm -hmm. So it's good when you have people who have a heart for helping those in need who are in these different situations for periods of time. So thank you all for that. Um, I'm going to share something, maybe not as deep as you all were sharing, but I will say one of the things that people may not know about me is that um, when I was younger, well, I played the violin for a long time and I loved playing the violin. One of the things that I used to do is I used to play, we're from Chicago, so you know, the Audi home is um, the detention center, the juvenile detention center on the west side of Chicago, mm-hmm. for those who don't know. And so um, during the holidays, my dad would, he worked for the county. And so he would take me to um, the Audi home and he would set up my music stand. He would open up my case. He would hand me my violin and I would play so that the families who were there going through stressful situations, having to go to court, having to deal with getting their kids out of the detention center or maybe putting them in there and you know not having the best holiday situation so that they can see a young black child bringing some type of joy and doing something that maybe they hadn't seen before, playing the violin. When I was young, I didn't know a lot of 
black kids playing a violin until I got into the Chicago Youth Symphony Orchestra. And I had to take the bus to go downtown to do that. And in retrospect, um, my dad doing that for me really has left a big impression on me because to this day, I really have a fondness for people sharing their creative gifts Mm. with young people and with families and so that's the part that people may not know just sharing where that came from yeah so I mean we all live very rich lives and have a lot of experiences and um, our backgrounds are varied but there's always something to connect us the the human experience um, connects us all I mean just the fact that three of us are here talking and I'm sure we can talk for another hour about things and find a lot of different connections between us um, just the work that we do and how we live and how we feel about caring for other people, um, that's a big deal. And I think that we need to have more of these types of conversations so that other people recognize it's a good thing. You can talk openly about caring, about being involved in the community, and that we're everyday people trying to just do one, one simple thing each day to help somebody else. And we can all come together and do that. We don't have to fight. There's not like, well, he's going to be better than me at it. So I can't go and support him because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get my kudos and he's going to get out of kudos. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do that. We can all reach Greg and ask him how we can help volunteer with more than a con- conqueror outreach. We can all go down to the, uh, the lab and tell that manager over there with Leon, look at him now. <laughs> We're going to boss up. But then, but then your doctor wife go check us all, so she calm us down. <laughs> so um, I want you all to just let us know something that you're currently doing, just in life in general, um, that uh, you just want to share with the audience, whatever that may be. Um. Well, for for me, uh, this season, um. I'm gonna take on more than a conqueror outreach, and uh, not not uh, not only just feed, but you know what? I also want to do a job training skills. You know what? Because I find out as a supervisor within the years that you know what? Even I had to learn as a as a young employee how to get these uh, these job interview skills. I went to a a little place called Care Program. Shouts out to Care Program. And they taught me job readiness skills, you know, how to be a great interviewer out of out of five people that's going for the same interview as you as as you're going for. And so what I want to do with my outreach, it was more than a conqueror, to teach people how to be job readiness when they're coming to go, coming, going to interviews, how to protect themselves at a job, to let and, and also. I find it's the funniest thing to also not let, to also teach people that everybody you meet at the job ain't your friend. We know True. that. <laughs> you know, Leon's so, like, amen, brother. Right, right. So you know what? To also put those skills into people, you know what? Because I find that when people come out for interviews, you know what? They don't know how to interview just because you did the job, but you got to be an outstanding <clears throat> interview for the job. So I also want to teach that to especially to some of our young young adults. Yeah. Uh, young adults that's out here that needs to get a job. And also to take the West Side the community and I call it, it's my slogan, heal the city, heal the land. Mm-hmm. That is my slogan because this city of Chicago, especially I see from the West Side, is where I'm from, that how 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 we could get stuck from the 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 80s to the 90s and now we are reaching into our middle of our 2000s you know and stuff and 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 i'm still seeing people still doing the constants of the same thing over and over to even to show people that you yourself can be a black entrepreneur Mm -hmm. right right you can be your own businessman she can be her own businessman our own business person Right. And to rally around people that got these, the world has slowed down for you to take these ideals that's been in your head for so long and to put them on pen and paper. That's why I love pen and paper. You know, you put it on pen and paper and you know what, and make those ideas on pen and paper come to life. 
can come to life. Now, how do people, what if there's somebody out there watching this or listening on the podcast who um, wants to help, wants to volunteer, if they um, teach job readiness skills or they work with um, people who are going through transitional housing situations, how do they contact you to offer their assistance? You can reach me at Snipes, my last name, S-N-I-P-E-S. I I know I had to speak slow when you say that to people. Uh, S-N-I-P-E-S-G-R at yahoo.com. Okay, so they can email you there and let you know that they can offer support if they have any skills that you may be looking for to help you out with um, your nonprofit, right? Yes, and you also uh, have, I have a, a, a number, uh, 773-616-2930, you know, so that's the number that you can reach me at personally as well. And you know what, I, I'm coming up with a, with a thing with, with people with, uh, with black people and not only black people, people are coming together as entrepreneurs and we're going to start meeting up, you know, either by phone or Zoom and stuff like that and putting people together to come up with these ideas because your idea can very well help my idea. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right. Okay. We're going to connect these chains together and you know what, and build one big circle. All right. Nice. I like that. Okay. So if anybody's interested in helping more than a conqueror outreach, this is Gregory Snipes and you can reach him at Snipes, S-N-I-P-E-S-G-R at yahoo.com. Um, and if you guys put a question in the chat or Facebook, then I'll definitely get this information to you. So thank you. Thank you. Um, Leon, what's something that you're doing? Uh, besides, you, you to, besides surviving the coronavirus, uh, <laughs> not doing right. than that than surviving and uh, working my job. But I will say that I am very interested in Greg's uh, group. I will definitely be trying to contact you, Greg. I'm, some hey, of you please do. Nice. Do. See, this is what I'm talking about. Nice, nice, nice. Please do. Now, have you, since you've been um, quarantined, Leon, have you started any new hobbies or anything? Uh, besides worrying, um, not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't want those type of hobbies. No worrying hobbies. Okay. Uh, for me, I don't know. It's like for me, doing the, uh, the quarantine has helped me really think deep about just life in general. Yeah. You know, like it's like so, a friend of mine was talking about, you know, so many people like, hey, I can't wait to life gets back to normal. But do we really want life to go exactly the way it was before? You know, we had a lot of problems in this world going on between, you know, when it comes to sexism and racism and so many other issues. Do we really want to go exactly back to where it was or do we want to do better? Mm-hmm. You know, right. You know, it's, it's just like, you know, doing, you know, it's almost like I have some friends who tie all this to a, to a religious uh, thought of, you know, maybe this was a time that we needed to be separated for maybe a closer walk with God or, you know, a closer walk with the family, but, you know, right. or, or just thinking deeper about life in general. So, right. I mean, that's right. something I've been doing, just thinking deeper about a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world today. Yeah, that time to reflect is good. That's a good thing that you've used it for that. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Could, um, could, I, could I share about this hobby, this other hobby I got? It's not even a hobby. It's, it's a gift. I call it a gift. I am... Mentoring one, two, three, four, four young men, four young men, and you know what? It's it's a mentorship just to the the uh to just only not be in their lives to see the growth of where they're going in their lives. You know what? To be there, you know what? So for those young men, so so when they have questions, they they feel that they can you know what, uh, talk to anybody else and uh, to talk to a, a strong brother, you know, and stuff. And so therefore, you know what, so I'm mentoring like about four young men and uh, three is in the city of Chicago, one is in Florida. And you know what, uh, God has given me the gift to do it. Yeah. And you know what, not only that, you know what, these <coughs> have been humble. They humble themselves to really let me be their mentor. Nice. You know, I thought that was special because you know what, 
most people sometimes be like, oh, okay, you know what, well, that's okay. But these men are, these young young men are humbling themselves to really, you know what, to let me in to be their mentors. Because you know what, growing up and you know what, in my time that I say to myself, I said, it was a lot of wrong teaching. Mm, okay. okay. In my time that I grew up around and stuff <clears throat> like that. And they taught us wrong. Mm. You know, <clears throat> these words in our mouths, and you know, they put these, they taught us these words to say, and they taught us how to wrongly, wrongly treat each other. Mm. Okay, so this is this is a, definitely indeed a blessing that you are mentoring these young men. My son has been a beneficiary of your mentorship over the years, and I can attest to the fact that you are definitely a strong um, mentor. And so if you have room to mentor other young men, is that why you were letting us know? Um, or you were just saying uh, yes. in general? Yes, yes. So if yes. anybody's looking so, for mentorship of young men, you can reach out as well. Okay. Yes. Thank awesome. you, Snipes. Thank you so much, Leon. Thank you so much, Greg, for coming on the show. This has been another um, episode of Be Empowered with RC. I am hoping that you have indeed felt empowered by these men telling us these powerful stories about how these women in their lives have impacted them and who they are today. I certainly have been inspired by you two. I appreciate you coming on. And for everybody watching, you can check me out again next week at 6 p.m. where I'll have another guest and we will have a fantastic discussion next week, one that you won't want to miss. So stay tuned. Thank you all. Good night. Thanks again for listening. The Self-Care Spa and Lounge offers a wide range of services to all ethnicities and skin types for ages five and up. Skin treatments, waxing services, massages, teeth whitening, and tooth gems are offered. As a proud black and female-owned community partner, the Self-Care Spa and Lounge is also available for spa parties, birthdays, or private events. Don't forget to book, book your next service or event at theselfcarespalounge.com. That's theselfcarespalounge.com.